Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. them very, very much, and uh, I thought the other day when we spoke on the phone that I detected a little bit of an accent, and uh, so I confirmed that before church, and he too, they are also from Canada, and so it looks like we're going to have to put another strand of barbed wire across the north up there, <laughs> so they, these folks have found Florida, and they found Florida in February and March, imagine that, and then how, how more in the will of God could this be? <laughs> I'm sure they feel like they're really in the will of the Lord. Right now, Brother and Sister McGuire were just with us a few weeks ago. He sent me a text the other night. It was 19 below zero. And uh, my, my, my. <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around that. And uh, But we are very thankful that, that they are with us tonight. And we want them to just feel at home. And uh, I trust that they already have felt an aspect of that. And I want us to just to connect to them and what the Lord has laid on their heart. Would you make them welcome for the very first time to this pulpit, Brother and Sister Wicked? God bless you. Amen. Has the Lord been good to anybody in the house tonight? Lord, been faithful to anybody in the house? Amen. Why don't we just tell them how good he's been to us one more time? Hallelujah. Lord God, I worship you. Lord God, I magnify your holy name, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Hallelujah. Why don't we give him a hand clap of praise in the sanctuary? Oh, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Amen. I love you. You know what? I love the Lord tonight. Amen. I love the presence of the Lord that I feel in this place tonight. I'm glad it doesn't matter if we're in Fiji or the Solomon Islands where we are representing or we're in Canada where it's cold. I'm glad Brother McGuire blazed me a big trail down here. He, he made a big enough hole in that barbed wire fence that we could get through. And uh, we're, we're, I grew up with Brother McGuire and, uh, in, in, in New Brunswick. We have been in Prince Edward Island for the pastoring for the past seven years, so that's a little off the coast. It's a little warmer over there. We call it the tropics of the East Coast there over there. And, uh, and so we are thankful for what God has done and what God is doing. So glad to be here with you folks and your pastor. Amen. The great kindness and hospitality. Great room. Amen. Kids had a little nap this afternoon, and we're just ready to have some church tonight. All right, won't you? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a moment. And we're going to share with you a little video, and that'll in a, just a moment, that'll introduce you to Fiji and the, and the Solomon Islands, where God has called us to. And, uh, you know, we, we thought it was the will of God that we were in Florida. Until I drove in and woke up the first morning, it was 35 degrees. And I thought I'd done woke back up in Canada again. And, uh, and you know what? That, those two days, it was warmer in Canada than it was in Florida, believe it or not. And I thought, Lord, I begin to question the will of God at that point right there. Amen. But we're glad to be here. Amen. We, we consider this a training ground for getting ready to go over to the South Pacific. I was telling someone before church, the difference is... Uh, the same time and temperature, same humidity, probably a little bit more humidity, but not as many air conditioners. <laughs> and so when I, I, I'm loving, I'm loving the fact that it's you know 80 to some degrees out there right now, but it's cool in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now when I'm preaching over there, it's you know 85, 95 degrees, but it's not cool in the house of the Lord. We're talking thatch roofs and open sides so the wind can pass through. And and uh, I was telling them I was telling them when I was over there last in April it was so hot, and they and and to me, and they it was a little bit of a cool season for them. It was you know it was eighty five to ninety in there somewhere, and so they were wearing their suit coats, 
I thought, well, I can't not wear my suit coat. They're wearing their suit coat. And so I, I preached that night in my suit. And I tell you, I will never do that again as long as I live. I was preaching and the sweat was just dripping right off my, my sleeves all over. I, and you know what? I, I'm thankful for air conditioning right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love the spirit of the Lord that I feel in this place tonight. I'm glad no matter where we are that God's no respecter of persons. Amen. That he loves us and he shows up. I kind of like that. He's just a God that shows up. Amen. I'm glad that no matter, he said, if there's two or three gathered together in my name, I'm going to be there. Amen. He said, there's people praising me. He said, I'm going to live there. (laughs) Amen. I feel like we built a great house tonight for God to move in and God to touch in a mighty way. Amen. One equals many. Amen. We believe that that's God's mandate. And it's different in God's economy. Amen. God's economy is a whole lot different than our economy. One equals more with God than it does anywhere else. Amen. We don't sometimes put much stock in one dollar or one penny or a quarter or all that kind of stuff anymore. But in God's economy, that still equals something. Ask one little boy with five loaves and two fishes, one boy with one lunch. And the disciples said it best. They said, what is this little bit amongst so many? God said, you don't understand my economy. One equals many in my economy. Amen. And God took it and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it. I'll tell you what, it's amazing when we bless it in the name of Jesus. When we break it and we give it, what can be accomplished with one? Amen. And as we, as we were endeavoring to make this jump into missions, we are uh, newly appointed missionaries. We have spent the last 20 years in pastoral ministry, and the last seven of which was in Prince Edward Island. And we were excited about what God was doing. We had, uh, since we had went there in seven years, the church had doubled, and we were breaking uh, into um, new demographics and new cultural uh, barriers were being broke down. We had started a daughter work with with two adults and five kids and we were running about 35 people and we were excited about what God was doing there and and uh, and and one night the Lord woke me up and he said I want you to go and I said no <laughs> don't you guys look like I'm the only one that's ever said no when God told me to do something Amen. I was like, Lord, that's a big deal. I, I, you know what? My, we're we're in a our church is in revival. We're in a season of growth where our children were born here. There, and uh, you've seen them on the video. We got Justice back there, who's five, and Callan, who's three, and Eva, who's two, and uh, they are uh, they are. Pray for my wife. She's driving around in a van with four kids, three little ones, and one very large one. And and I almost think the big one's a little worse than maybe the other three, and uh, so pray for her. But the Lord, but I said, Lord, I I I I just you know, and I and we we fasted and prayed, and I I don't have time tonight to go into the whole story, but it's amazing how God confirms His will and His purpose so much so that you can't argue with God, Amen. And so we uh so we uh, cleared it and and spent uh, went through the process and said, God, if you want us to go. Will go and and we're going to fields that have uh, are not new in the sense that they have had missionaries in the past. There's uh, been eight. It's eight years since either of these fields have had a missionary, and uh, they are. Uh, uh, it, it was amazing when we were there in April. And uh, uh, they were having prayer requests, and and, and one one of the brethren got up and he said, "Lord, uh, I, let's pray that the Lord will give the wickets a greater burden to get back here faster." <laughs> I said, "Well, Lord, that means praying for other people to get a burden and for the PIM program." But, uh, Amen. But you know what? There's such a desire. And uh, we and so I was praying one day, and in that context, I just try to share this once in a while to kind of give you an idea of how God works. And I was praying. I say, God, why, why are you removing me from uh, this place that we love? And we love Prince Edward Island. We love where we were. We love the. It's a little cool in the winter time, but boy, it makes up for it in in the summertime. I'll tell you in the fall. And uh, I said, Lord, we we why are why did you 
call us to come out of where we are. And the Lord spoke to me. If I could say the Lord spoke audibly, I, I probably would, but I can't say that he did, but let's just say it was the loudest I've ever heard it, probably in my ministry. And you know how God speaks to you that way, just resounding. The Lord spoke to me, and, and some may take this the wrong way, but he said to me, he said, you weren't the first one I called. But he said, you were the first one that said yes. And so, I, and so I, I took that as Lord, and he said, you know what? I can get somebody to fulfill uh, the, 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 what you have begun here, he said, but I want you to begin something else over there. And so we said, Lord, I can't argue with that. And you know what? The Lord knows what he's doing. Amen. I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give this report, and, and, and the Lord has uh, fulfilled. I was able to fill that pulpit before we left. The pastor there has had growth since we have been gone on deputation, and the Lord is moving and blessing, and I'm like, Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord, because you know what? As a pastor, I love those people, and I want to make sure they were okay. And you know what? God just orchestrates it and does things well. And you know what? We're thankful, so we said, Lord, if you're bringing us out of that and bringing us over here we don't believe that God's just doing it to just to kind of move us around a little bit I believe that God has something great in store amen I believe that revival and and they've had moves of God but I feel God is coming soon and he's about to do a quick work. And I believe that God is going to do a miraculous work. You say, well, what do you, what do you mean? Well, you see, there's th- uh, these two countries. And Fiji's made up of two main islands. And 300 additional islands make up the country of Fiji. And the Solomon Islands, the two countries that we're called to, the Solomon Islands has seven main islands. One of the more famous one, if there's any World War II uh, aficionados here, they uh, the Guadalcanal, the battle in the South Pacific at the Guadalcanal, that, that they liberated the folks in the Solomon Islands from the occupation at that time. There's seven main islands, and there's 900 additional islands make up that country. So between those two countries, and you don't really think about it that way, but there are over 1,200 islands uh, that make up. You know what? And I, I feel like I'm fairly efficient, fairly big fellow, but I, and this is the only time I can metaphorically be thin. Amen. I cannot be spread that thin. Amen. There's no way I can get to 1200 islands. And then to be and completely honest, probably not all 1200 of them are, are, are inhabited, but the majority of them are inhabited. And you know what? They may not have thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people that occupy those islands but guess what that don't matter if there's a hundred or two hundred or three hundred i drove through some pretty small communities on my way here that had churches why is that because somebody cared enough to bring a message to places that may not be a metro (laughs) you know what there's islands there that may not have a lot of people but they haven't heard the name of jesus yet amen and i think they deserve to hear the name of jesus I think that somebody needs to care enough about them to say, you know what, I want to find those places and share with them. They haven't even heard the name of Jesus, let alone know what Jesus can do for them. I'm thankful God told me what Jesus could do for me. Amen. And so we are, you know, I tell people, I said, you know what, we're, we're bringing and ushering in the coming of the Lord. The Lord says he's not coming until everybody's had an opportunity to hear. And you know what? There's, there's some, as we go into those islands, there's places that nobody has heard yet. But guess what? They're going to hear. Amen. We feel like the Lord has given us a mandate and that God has promised us. Amen. That in the next four years, you say, well, you shouldn't say this stuff. I, I don't know. I just, God told me, I just believe it. You know, Paul said, remember when Paul, when he was in Acts 28, he, he come up and he said, be of good cheer. Amen. Because an angel stood behind beside me tonight and told me everything's going to be okay and he said and be of good cheer he said i believe god hey man god told me it's going to be okay and he said so get excited about it i believe god well you know what god has given us a mandate i believe that in the next four years of 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 our ministry that god is going to more than double the amount of churches that we have in both of those countries amen i am excited about that i don't i you say well that's a little ambiguous i just believe god I don't know how else to approach it. I just believe what God said. Amen. They told us that we would, they gave us a a two and a half year deputation schedule and they told us we'd get done in a year and a half. But I feel like God told me we're going to be done in a year. Why? People roll their eyes at me and smirk at me a little bit and say, oh, he's the new guy. He just, you know. 
You know what? I just believe God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't know other, what other way to be than just trust the word and the voice of God and walk in the will of God. I am thankful for what God has done, but I am super excited about what God is going to do. I want you to know that's just not in Fiji. You know what? I, I, I think we need to all maintain that and get a hold of that. I'm thankful for the past and what God has done. But you know what? I feel a spirit, a liberty, and a freedom, and an excitement in this place. Uh, some people that don't believe that God's just moving overseas, but God's going to move right here in the state of Florida. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. I heard some kids going to a, a, a Sunday school crusade. That's some people that say, I believe God's going to fill some with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe that God's going to do great things. Why? Because I just believe God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so we are, we are, we are just, we're, we're chafing at the bit to go. If I could use that term, we're excited about uh, getting there. We've just, this will be our first long-term missions uh, commitment. We have done many short-term throughout the years. And my wife actually spent a year in West Africa. Amen. But we, this is our first uh, long-term commitment. And you know what? We just believe God. We just believe God. And so some, some ask, well, how can we help? And, and uh, the, the number one thing that everybody can do to help is prayer. On the back table, there's these prayer cards, and everybody needs to grab a prayer card. Because you know why? Because I, I love this scripture. It's the most simple scripture in the world, but I just love it. David said this, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. You know, we just kind of skip over that, but that's profound. Amen. I'm not just talking to myself. I'm not just talking to the air, but God heard, hears my prayer. I was reading that, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what, if he hears your prayer, guess what, he hears other people's prayer too. <laughs> and I thought, I, t- I tell you what, I'm a little simple, so you have to forgive me. I th- that was revelatory to me, because in, in the simple sense, that I thought, you know what, if I can get thousands, I got thousands of these printed. Why? Because I'm going to give them and put them in the hand of every single person that I can find that'll be willing to pray. And you know what? The scripture says that Jesus said, you know, how much more when he talked about the lady who went to the unjust judge and he said, how much more does your heavenly father decide, desire to bless you? Amen. I refuse to come to the end of my life or the rapture of the Lord and say, the Lord tell me, well, you know what? I had something for you, but you didn't ask for for it. <laughs> he said, I was listening. Amen. I, I, I'm going to go into that throne, throne room, not only saying I asked, but I'm going to get everybody I can. I want everybody in every time zone to be praying and seeking God to the point where God says, I got to bless that field because these people are driving me completely batty. Amen. I don't really think the Lord thinks that, but you know, but you know what? You understand what I'm saying. And so put this on your fridge, put it in your Bible, put it in your rearview mirror. If you're an aggressive driver, put it on your horn. So every time you honk, you think I need to pray for those missionaries. And in Florida, there's a lot of them. So you might, there might be a lot of people with these on their horn. <laughs> Not so much over here, but Tampa, my Lord have mercy. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? Pray for us because we can have all the funding and all the budget and all the money that we can have. But if we don't have prayer, Amen. Prayer opens up the the windows of heaven. Prayer releases God to do what God wants to do, and so we 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 encourage you to get with us in prayer, and 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 also you know what get get with your your missions program, and and so that they can you know what you I, you know we we always promote PIMs and and all of that stuff, and it goes through the church. But you know what, give to your missions program. You know what? God will never be indebted to us. Never, ever. And what's beautiful about that is Jesus said to go forth into all the world, preach the gospel. So that we're doing what he said. And so he talked about doing things in his will. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, (laughs) he said, I'm going to do it. And so, you know what, when he uses us to facilitate that, God will never be indebted. I encourage you, challenge God. Amen. And show what God could tell you stories upon stories upon stories about people that just said, you know what, God, I'm going to invest in your kingdom. I'm going to invest in your work. And you know what? There is no telling what God can do. 
Amen. Amen. And we do have some things on the back, at the bow on the back table. If you would like to participate, there's some uh, things that you can purchase. Or there's also our, we call it our project box. And if you just, if you want to drop in an offering for into the project box, it's going towards our kids' education right now. And uh, and so we're just believing God to take care of those kind of things. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Amen, amen. I spent probably about five, a little bit longer than normal doing my talking about that, but I just feel good in the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I feel a spirit and a liberty in this place. Amen. Anyone want to hear want to hear from the Word of the Lord tonight? Amen. Let's turn to Psalms chapter sixty three. Amen. Amen. God cares about the souls of humanity. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms, the 63rd chapter, and while you're, while you're turning there, I will, I do want to say again how thankful we are for your pastor and his hospitality and opening up his, his pulpit to us and allowing us to share our burden for the South Pacific. Amen. I will say, too, I never told you this. If for those who don't know where Fiji and the Solomon Islands are, usually I tell you that right off the bat, but you go to Australia take a flight straight north for about five hours and then hang a right. <laughs> and, and we're out in the middle of the water. And uh, it's, uh, if you come down from the north, it comes down through Malaysia and Indonesia and Papua New Guinea. And the Solomon Islands are right there. And then you have Vanuatu and, and Tonga. And then the Fijian, Fijian Islands are over there as well. And so, hey, man, it's, in, it's out there in the middle of the Pacific. And uh, one might say, you know, I got a little paranoid. We told the Lord we'd go in December. And then in February, Fiji had the largest typhoon storm in the history of the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> And then, and then a few months ago, uh, Solomon Islands had two two uh, earthquakes in the 8.0 uh, range, and I'm thinking, Lord, boy, you're getting stuff stirred up over there. <laughs> but you know what? God knows what He's doing. Amen. Someone someone kind of growled me a little bit and said, "You're taking your kids all the way around the world, and you know, so on and all this stuff." And I said, "I said, and my actually, I, I can't take credit. My wife said it. She said, listen." She said, I'd rather my kids be on the other side of the world in, in, in a poor country in the will of God than in the middle of the United States with all the privileges in the world outside of the will of God. I want you to know there's power to be in the will of God today. Amen. Amen. I'd ask you real quick just to stand as we read just a couple of verses, Psalms 63 and verse number 1 and 2, and then I'm going to hang out in this book chapter for the rest, the duration of tonight. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul, everyone say my soul, thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Oh, he said, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. I want to preach a little while tonight on this simple subject, the power of a soul alive power of a soul alive and I'll explain what I mean by that in just a minute and normally we pray which is our custom right now and we pray this way Lord bless me Lord talk to me Lord give me you notice the me part of that a lot of time Lord I just felt like the Lord just said you know what let's change it around and the scripture says when Job prayed for his friends that God turned the captivity of Job when Job started praying for others it loosed God to minister in his situation I feel like tonight, and I, and, and, and I just feel in my spirit that God, that there's healing virtue in this place tonight. There's deliverance in this place tonight. There's direction. There's the Holy Ghost is wanting to move in this place tonight. And I believe right now as we pray for others, God is going to lose something and do something in this. But I know it's Wednesday night, but I just feel the Holy Ghost just moving in a powerful way in this way. So as we're going to pray for those in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. These are friends that we've never met, but they're friends in the gospel. Amen. And I believe as we pray for them, we, we, God is going to turn around and do something special and powerful in this place tonight. Let's pray 
together right now. Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I'm thankful today that you're not bound by time. You're not bound by distance. So Lord God, we loose your virtue and your spirit right now to move in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that you would ask you, Lord God, that you would dispatch angels of mercy and angels of grace right now to begin to stir hearts and stir lives. Lord God, open up doors and open up, uh, Lord God, uh, uh, things, Lord God, that only you can do. Lord God, let the favor uh, 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 of God be upon them. Lord God, let your spirit move in a mighty way. Let your Holy Ghost flow in a mighty way. Lord God, I'm thankful today, Lord God, for what you have already done there. But Lord God, I'm praising you in advance for what you have all are going to do and what you are going to accomplish. Lord God, we magnify you right now and we praise you and we thank you, Lord God, for ministering and we thank you for touching right now. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7 tells us that when, when God got done forming man out of the dust of the earth, that scripture says that he breathed into man and he became a living soul. Amen. He, he, he also created animals and he spoke them into existence. But mankind, he gave them something that the, that the animal kingdom doesn't have. Amen. And that was a living soul. Amen. It was a gift from God that that ability to commune with him, an ability to connect with him. I want you to know that Lord cares about the soul because it was a gift from God to mankind. Amen. And he doesn't appreciate sometimes the way mankind treats the soul and he wants mankind to be excited about the soul. You know what? That's why we're going to Fiji. Amen. Because we're, we're passionate about those souls that God has given us. Amen. We want those souls to be back in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's why as we go there, our priority is twofold, evangelism and Bible schools. Amen. As we bring crusades and as we as we evangelize and preach and God fills people with the Holy Ghost and they get excited about the kingdom of God and, and then you know what happens after that? They want to say, what can we do for the kingdom? And you know what? We come to that point, we say, let's go to Bible school where we can teach you empower you and, and equip you for the kingdom of God and then they leave there and they go and they find an island that hasn't had a preacher yet amen I can't go to all 1200 islands but you know what I can teach potentially 1200 or more young men and women and send them to islands to share what God has coming to do and why would we do that because of the soul amen it's a powerful thing it's a gift of God I, we need to teach people to treasure it that's why God that's why God and in the Gospels, it's interesting, and sometimes we miss this, but throughout the Gospels, we, we know he was, he was preparing for the cross, and I'm thankful for the cross. Don't misunderstand me, because everything that we do without the cross really is immaterial, because it's the cross that brings on Pentecost. And, but Jesus, knowing where he was going, Amen. It's amazing because Jesus had the unique ability to not only look forward but look backward and look back into the garden and see what happened when man got a little haphazard with his soul. He got a little careless with his soul and became more desiring and more wanting to fulfill the flesh. And, and they forgot about the importance of protecting the soul and sin entered in and sin began to corrupt and sin began begin to kill that soul and, and taint it and destroy that soul that God had given to mankind in order to connect and in order to serve him and in order to do his will. And so Jesus came back to, I'll, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse into where I'm going. He came back in order to bring the soul back to a place of life again. Amen. And he didn't want to bring that 
a soul to a place of, uh, of effectiveness without teaching them the importance of the soul again. Amen. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he felt that he didn't share with Adam enough the importance of the soul. And so we see throughout the gospel. In Matthew chapter chapter 22, verse number 37, he told them what they should do with the soul. He told them, he said, you know what I want you to do? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. He said the most effectiveness, effective way to keep the soul alive, he said, is you love me. Amen. You fall in love with God. And not just with a little bit, he said, you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. He said it's meant to fall. It's meant to be a place of connection and love with the Lord. He said it's a special thing. That's why he looked at them. Kind of interesting in Matthew 16. And he said, you know what? He said, I don't really understand this. He said, what would a man give? in exchange for his soul I can just kind of picture him scratching his head and saying this is not just something that happens it's something that I have given you it's something it's a gift from God and you know what the the original gift from God was the soul amen we we we're apostolic Pentecostal we we talk about the second gift the Holy Ghost and I'm going to talk about that in a minute but the first gift was that soul where God breathed into man and he said I don't understand what I'm scratching his head what would you give in exchange for a gift that God has given you and, and then and then he and then he went and he said you know what really what would it matter if you gain the whole world and lose the very thing that I have given you he what he's doing is Jesus is trying to teach them the importance of the soul and protecting the soul and keeping the soul amen that's why he said in Matthew 10 he said don't fear him that can destroy the body He said, but you better fear him that can not only destroy the body, but the soul in hell. He said, we've got to protect that soul that I have given you. Why was he on that? Why was he preaching it? Because he knew what was going to happen at Pentecost. He knew at Pentecost there was, he was going to loose the spirit of God. We know the scripture. We could quote it all night long. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place and suddenly, amen, there came a sound from heaven. I like to say it this way. And suddenly there came a breath from heaven that sounded like a mighty rushing wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. What happened that day? God began to breathe into mankind one more time. Amen. Man began to, God began to make that soul of man alive one more time. Amen. He watched throughout the history as they would try to elevate the soul and try to connect with God, but fall once again into sin, fall once again into idolatry, fall once again to the succumb to the pressures of the world at that time. But God said, I'm going to breathe again. I'm going to bring life again. But before I do, I need to establish the importance of the soul that I have given them because once I breathe into their soul, one more time and I give them life one more time and they start loving me like they never loved me before why because I got a purpose I got a plan I've got a will that I need them to do but the only way they're going to do it is if they got a soul that's alive oh let's give the Lord a head clap of praise right now Oh, I want you to know you can't do what God wants you to do unless your soul is alive. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Hey, man, when I begin to read Psalm 63, I'll be honest, this this message was born out of a period in my ministry where I just felt like I was getting a little... I'm being a little transparent here with you, but I felt like I was I was praying... Amen. I was doing everything that I needed to do. Amen. But I just didn't have, feel like I had that passion that I needed. And, and you know what I'm talking about? That new convert kind of passion, that excitement for what God, and I, I, I was praying and I was saying, God, amen. What, what, how do I get back? How do I get there? And he took me to Psalm 63. And he said, read that first verse. And I did. I said, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. And I got excited and I read, my soul thirsteth for thee. And he said, stop. 
And I went back and he said, read that part again. And I said, my soul thirsteth for thee. And he said, that's your problem. You're not thirsty anymore. And I thought, Lord... Lord, I'm I'm doing the work of God. I'm doing it. He said, but you're doing it, but you're not thirsting for it. (laughs) He said, because thirsting is a sign of health. There's nobody to cease the thirsty. My wife is a registered nurse. She's worked her entire career up until now in the ICU. It's okay if I get down here a little bit. In the ICU. What that means essentially is if I'm not serious enough for her to look at unless I have a tube down my throat. And then she'll pay attention to my problem. But until then, it's take an aspirin, you'll be fine. Because everybody she deals with is really, really serious. But one thing she always does when I am sick, get the flu, and she harps on me. It annoys me. She's like, are you drinking anything? She's pumping water into me. She's pumping Gatorade into me. She's doing all this Powerade. Did anything with aid in it. She's trying to put it down my throat. And she'll say, are you drinking? I'm like, no. Why? Because I don't feel like it. The Lord spoke to me and he said, that's why. He said, you can tell when you're not thirsty is because you're not healthy. Because when you get sick and you get, you first thing you don't want to do is you don't want to drink and you don't want, and even though the best thing for you is to do it. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's why when you get into conviction preaching and you get into an atmosphere where you're sitting on a seat and the preacher's preaching, you get all kinds of uncomfortable and you start to be critical of what he's saying. He said, because your soul is not feeling good and he's giving you water to drink and the well is springing forth and that living water is flowing in the service. He said, but your soul is sick and your soul is getting contaminated. And he said, as a result of that, you're not dead in sin yet. He said, but you're sick and you're not thirsty. He said, I'm going to show you how to get thirsty again. He said, you need to go back up to the first part of that scripture and read it again. David got to a place where he was thirsty, but he went through a process and I went back to it. And the first line says, oh God. What's that mean? David knew how to pray. Amen. Oh, let me just stop and say this. If you go in your study Bible and look at that, it says this. This is a psalm of David written in the wilderness of Judah. This was not written in the throne room. It was not written in the palace. It was not even written in the temple where David said he loved to be. It wasn't around that Ark of the Covenant that he so desired to build a house for, but it was in the middle of the wilderness. He'd been evicted from his palace. He'd been evicted from his throne. He'd been evicted, but you know what? He was just as anointed then as he was when he was on the throne. Amen. He was just as much in the will of God going through the valley as in the wilderness as he was when when he was sitting in the temple or sitting in the palace because God had ordained that he be there. And as a result, you can tell that he didn't mind the fire. I'm sure he wondered what God was doing, but he rode in the middle of that wilderness. He didn't call up his general and say, oh man, what is going on? He didn't call his neighbor and say, what in the world is happening? He didn't go to his wife. He didn't go to Facebook. He didn't go to Instagram. He didn't go anywhere. He just started up a saying I may be in the valley but God has not changed amen it don't matter if I'm on the mountaintop or flowing in the valley if my soul is going to remain alive I've got to come to the place where I'm an old God kind of Christian when I wake up and I don't know what to do I don't cry about it I say oh God hear my prayer oh God hear my supplication Lord God walk with me today Amen. When we get a prayer life, when we get to that place, it looses God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. When we're praying, God reassures us in prayer. God makes himself real to us in prayer. That's why David said in Psalms 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice he didn't say, Yea, though I build a house in the valley. Or yea, though I build a tent in the valley. Or yea, though I'm just going to lay down and rest here in the valley. He said, no, yea, though I walk through the valley. He said, I know that God has brought me through here, but it's not meant for me to stay here. God is bringing me through to bring me somewhere else. And he said, I'm going through. And the key is this. He made it through because he said this. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen. The way you know God's with you is when you have an oh God kind of prayer life. Amen. When you're walking through it. Oh God, thou art my God. Oh God, I need you right now. Amen. And it activates our faith in God. My, my, my. I feel a preach in this place right now. Hallelujah. But he didn't stop there. He said, keep reading He said, it's not enough to just pray about it. He said, you've got to have something. And he said, oh God, thou art my God. You know what he could have wrote there? Oh God, the the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And we'd have probably still preached it and shouted about it and got excited about it. Because he was of the line of them. He was of that holy lineage. He would have been well in his right to do it. But he said, I had to have a soul alive. It takes more than just knowing the God, having the God of my daddy and the God of my great granddaddy. It's more than just, he's got to become more than just the God of my mom and the God of my brother or the God of my pastor or the God of my Sunday school teacher. There's got to come a place in our walk that he becomes my God. (laughs) Amen. He's got to become a personal walk with him. Why? Because you don't trust somebody you don't know. I could put my child, I could put one of these young ones, uh, one of these little ones I see running around up on the top of this pulpit, blindfold them and tell them to jump to me and they'd be like, I ain't jumping to him. I could offer them everything in the world, but they're not coming. But I guarantee I could take my little two-year-old who's a little afraid of heights, but I could blindfold her, tell her, jump to daddy, baby. And you know what? She may not, she may be a little uncomfortable with it, but she's going to jump. Because she knows me. <laughs> I, you ask her who's their dad, who, who, who's that guy? He's, he's gonna say, they're gonna say, that's my dad. Amen. Because there's a relationship. And you know what? There's sometimes I'm gonna have to ask them to do things they don't understand and walk through places they don't understand. And if I don't have a my God experience, amen, when God leads me through valleys that I don't quite get, if I don't have a my God kind of relationship with God, I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna step off and miss where God is trying to take me. Hear me right. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody right now. Amen. You need not get discouraged. Amen. You need to get a hold of God. You need to connect with God. He's got to become my God, not my pastor's. Amen. Pastor can preach about faith all he wants. Pastor can preach about walking all he wants. But until you get into the glory and say, God, I trust you. God, I believe in you. Amen. That's when you make it through. Hallelujah. It's going to get a little quiet right now for just a second, okay? You can be seated. But there's a third level, and this is where God smacked me. So I don't feel bad about smacking anybody else. Because I've been through it already. God, he said, I was getting excited there. Because you know what? At 14 years of age, at a youth camp, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. So... You know what? He was my God. I'm a fifth generation Pentecost. My great, my great, 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 great grandfather, five back. And I'm thankful if I got a sixth generation, of, I believe, of preachers in a seat that they're going to learn to be missionaries. But you know what? It wasn't enough for me to have that heritage without me having a my God experience. But it doesn't, that, that's not the end of it. He said, he said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Any five o'clock in the morning folks here? 
just automatically wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I hate you guys. I'm just kidding. My dad's a five o'clock in the morning kind of guy. And we have this ongoing debate. And this is my side of the debate. Lord, I believe that you can hear me just as good at seven as you do him at five. I haven't convinced him yet, but I'm working on it. But really, David here wasn't really talking about the time frame. He was saying, oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. What he was essentially saying is, God, you're first. God, you're number one to me. I tell you what, that's powerful when you realize where he is. Well, I tell you what, the Lord got with me. He said, you know what? You can have a soul that's thirsty. He said, and be in the middle of a valley. He said, all it takes to maintain a thirsty soul, he said, is some, have a prayer life, have an experience with me. And he said, and you keep me number one. And he said, the second that you cease to keep me number one, which is amazing because this is how we get away with it in Pentecost today. And I'm preaching from some place that I was, so don't think I'm criticizing anybody harshly in this place. But you know what? We can still, we can talk in tongues and we can even show up and do our uh, patty cake five-minute prayer so we can say that we prayed and we can say that we showed up and we can say that we talked in tongues that week, but we're not truly doing and not on fire the way that God wants us to be. Amen. We believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection, the oneness of God and holy living and we believe that all of that but all of a sudden we're not thirsting anymore and God spoke to me and he said that's where you're living. You're living in a place not that you have pushed me aside. He said but I have dropped down on my your priority list just a hair and some there's some things that are drop that have dropped in above me and you are still I'm still on your top 10 the Lord said but I'm not number one anymore and he said as a result of that there has been things that have crept into your soul that has made you sick and has made you not thirsting anymore and you're still alive you're still breathing but you're not thirsty anymore. He said you need to take a priority check and see what has snuck in above me because he said it don't matter if you're on the mountaintop or in the valley. If you are praying and if you have a relationship with me and you have kept me number one, he said you will remain thirsty. And he said so if you're not thirsting for revival like you used to. He said you better take a priority check and see where you've got me placed. He said because when you restore me to that place of honor, he said I'll lose some blessing into your life. Let me explain real quick. I feel like I left that little. I had a lady named Mildred MacArthur. She was, when I went to pastor in Summerside, Prince Edward Island, she One of the first weeks I was there, she said, Pastor, I want you to know. She said, I will be praying for you one hour a day, every day. And I want you to know she did. Let me just stop and say, if you're not praying for your pastor, you need to be praying for your pastor. Because if the old enemy can take down your pastor, he can destroy what God's trying to do right now. Hallelujah. Hey man, I want you to know I depend. Let me just kind of tell you. There'd be times when I'd be praying in my office and and I'd be asking stuff and interceding and talking to God about things. And within the hours or within a day or two, she would call me from time to time and say, Pastor, and and you gotta understand, she was the most humble and submitted woman that I know. And she would say, If I'm out of of line, you tell me right now. And I I, I promise to just throw this out. But she would proceed to tell me what God had told her and it was things that I had prayed in my prayer time and God was confirming them in my spirit through that lady who had no idea. But you know what? I watched Sister Mildred get cancer. And I watched her get healed of cancer one time and then I seen it come back again. And she was overcome with it. And I watched her as she was 
barely 75 pounds and we had anointed her and we laid hands on her and we prayed for her and I was, I, as pastor, I was struggling because I knew she was a godly lady and I, and I wanted God to heal her again and, and, and I watched her and I'm embarrassed to say we didn't have wheelchair access at the time. We since have got it but, but we didn't at the time and she was 75 pounds and pain racking her body and she'd grab a hold of that handle and haul herself up into the sanctuary. Amen. And she told me, I said, Sister Mildred, it's okay. She she said, no. She said, I want to be a part of what God is doing. She said, I believe that God has great things in store. And she would come. And I want you to know she sat, she sat back about the fourth row on the right-hand side. And she would, I tell you what, I didn't have to prime. I didn't have to get up. I didn't have to tell people to lift their hands. As soon as the music began to pray, play, she would be the one that would stand up. And she worshiped like this. She had her hands out in front. And she wasn't a worshiper that nobody knew. I'm talking two counties over. Everybody knew that she was worshiping because she was just excited about it. And here she's racked with cancer and everybody sees those little skinny arms sticking up. I'll never forget it for as long as I live. And it would be the praise would begin to flow. And before long, the altar call would come. She didn't wait for me to call. She would just step out and she'd be the first one to the altar. And it would pain. I could tell she was in pain. And one Sunday morning, you know what? She was still thirsty to see what God would do even in the midst of the darkest time of her life. She said, I still believe. And she looked at me and she's a little straight shooter. She's a little bitty lady. But boy, she's a little spitfire sometimes. And she looked at me and she said, Pastor, don't you be a, don't you, don't you feel sorry for me? I said, what do you mean? She said, don't you feel sorry for me, Pastor? She said, I see it in your face. And she's right because our heart was broken. I'm a pastor. I love people. Just like your pastor loves these people. And my heart was breaking for her. She said, don't feel sorry for me. I'm talking about how to stay thirsty in the valley. And she said, listen, I believe God's going to heal me. And when he does, I'm going to dance across the front of this place so everybody knows that it was God. I said, bless God. And then she said, but if God chooses to take me, I'm still going to be dancing. So she said, don't feel sorry for me. I tell you what I did. I tell you what I was with her when the Lord took her home in her hospital room. And I want you to know she didn't go complaining. She didn't go crying. She didn't go doing. You know what we were doing together? We were talking in tongues, Pastor. She went on to be with the Lord, speaking in other tongues. She couldn't hardly get her hand up, but that old hand was just shaking under the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know a valley doesn't get much darker than that. But there was a soul that was still alive and God said come on home I'm here to tell you tonight amen we need to have a soul alive because it's only a soul alive I'll tell you what she she impacted people I preached her funeral amen and there was people there that I had never come in contact with but they're people that she'd prayed for and people that she had you know what and they were in the hospital room with her and they said I couldn't get over how excited she was about the things of God in the state that she was what was that it was a soul alive Oh, I've been too long. Hallelujah. Amen. But he said in verse 5, as I come to a close, he said, but my soul shall be satisfied. I want to know this. I don't care what you're going through. Your soul shall be satisfied. David said, I've been through it. And my soul has always been satisfied. And he said, it's not just sad. I wish I had time. He says this. He said, my soul shall be set aside with marrow and fatness. Let me just suffice to say, marrow in the Hebrew means this, the essence or the real thing. It comes from bone marrow. Amen. Being that, that's the purest form of our DNA is found. That who we are is in the marrow. And David said, my soul is only satisfied with the marrow, with the real thing. And then he goes on to say, but it was also satisfied with the fatness, which was the best part of it. I want you to know we used to sing a song when I was growing up. And it was this right in the middle of it all. That's where I want to be. 
where the Holy Ghost is falling, Lord, let it fall on me. And that's what David was saying. My soul's going to be only satisfied with the real thing because he said, I've been, I've been in the sanctuary. Remember he said in verse 2, I have seen thy power and thy glory. He said, I've seen it and I'm only going to be satisfied with the real thing. But he said, I'm not going to be satisfied with just a little bit. He said, I want the best part. He said, the fatness, that refers to like a steak with some fat on it. That's a that's an animal that's got some good feed. It hasn't been starving to death. It's got some fat on it. It's the best part of it. I want you to know I don't have to be satisfied with mediocre fringe blessings of God. But I can, the same Holy Ghost I got is the same Holy Ghost you got. Amen. The only difference is, is if I decide to step into the middle of it all. Amen. That's why, oh, that's why, that's why Moses, that's why Joshua went into the ark, went into the temple and the pillar of cloud fell down and Moses talked to the Lord like a friend. And it says Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the sanctuary because he was in the middle of it. He didn't want to leave it, but the scripture also says before that there was a couple million Israelites who saw the glory come down and the scripture says they worshiped in their tent. And then they went on with their day. They worshiped. They had a little blessing. But they didn't have the desire to stay because they weren't in the middle of it. David said, I don't want to be just out on the fringe. I want to be in the middle of it all because that's when my soul is satisfied. I'm not satisfied with just a little bit. I want all that God has to offer. So we stand together in the sanctuary. Oh, hallelujah. He ends with this. He says, my soul followeth hard after thee. My soul followeth hard. He said, there's something within me that just, my soul. You see, once you've been satisfied in the presence of the Lord, your soul just gets to the place where it just does stuff. You hear God. You're, I was praying that some ladies in my church were praying, saying, Lord, I, I preached this, and they were saying, Lord, we want our soul to follow hard after you. And they were shy. They liked just early morning prayer time. And, but they said, Pastor, you preached it. I'm going to pray it. So they began to pray, Lord, I want my soul to follow hard after you. You just speak to me. Give me direction. And they, were, they both worked in a grocery store, and they were doing some inventory. And this lady walks up to them and says, do you women believe in prayer? Now, you got to remember, these are kind of shy, backward ladies. And he said, they said, yes, we do. And she said, I was praying this morning. And I said, Lord, I need someone to pray with me. I need you. She said, will you lead me to people who will pray with me? I tell you what, they laid hands on her and prayed. Not, I'm not making a big scene, but just laid hands on her and prayed. And God began to minister to that lady. And she walked away from that place healed in the presence of God. As David stood before Goliath, nine feet talking trash and all of the weaponry he had, he stepped into a place where he realized that he had followed so hard after God that he was in a place of impossibility. In his own might and strength and abilities, he could not defeat this foe. And David didn't try in his own strength and his own ability. The scripture says, remember, he's writing stuff in Psalm 63 that he has lived And when he said, my soul followeth hard after thee, he puts a colon there. And he clarifies his point by saying this, thy right hand upholdeth me. And the Lord spoke to me and he said this. He says, when you're, you know how you can tell when your soul is following hard after me? He says, when you get to the place where you can't do it without me. If we're living for God in our own strength and our own ability and our own know-how, we have essentially 
cut off the right hand of God. But when you're following hard after God. But you see a soul that only a soul that's thirsty is going to be satisfied. And only a soul that's satisfied will be willing to follow hard after God. And I feel like tonight that the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said this. You tell my people. He said that they have been, some have been walking with me, but without the right hand of God, without the supernatural power of God. And what he, what he said is, I want to restore my right hand to their relationships. I want to restore my right hand to their families. What is it? It's realizing that I can't do it by myself but I'm going to step out in faith because I trust in the right hand of God. Lord God, I pray right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray twofold right now, Lord, that you would, Lord, that you would stir hearts, Lord, that you would make their hearts sensitive enough to hear the voice of your people through your voice to them tonight. But Lord God, I pray also that you would lose faith in this sanctuary. Lord God, that you would bring the right hand, oh God, to work in situations and family. Lord God, in communities and churches. Lord God, let the right hand of God show up. Lord God, that in places of impossibility, Lord God, I don't regress, I don't run away, but I run with the name of the Lord before me because your right hand, Lord, I pray that the right hand of God would become more evident in each and every one of our lives, right? Right now, Lord God, let our souls, let our souls follow hard after thee right now. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I loose your faith right now in this sanctuary. Lord God, let your spirit lead and guide and direct right now. Lord, let the supernatural miraculous power of God flow in a mighty way, I pray. Lord God, let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done right now in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, loose your right hand to work, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I encourage you right now as they sing, let's just step from where we are for a moment. Let's just follow the right hand of God right now. Let's let our soul follow hard of the Lord tonight. Let's let the Lord talk to us. I feel like he wants to loose his power in your life like never before, which we follow hard after him right now. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website again thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family